0: Today is Wednesday, May 8, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Right from the get-go, I think it's important to point something out. We've been looking at a number, 287.75. The official close today is 287.73. I find that interesting. I don't think there are any accidents or coincidences in the market I think the market's at a very, very critical point right here, right now. We're going to get into a lot more about what the expectations are, or at least what my expectations are, based on a couple of different scenarios. We're going to get into all that, unpack the whole thing in this video, and we're going to answer the question that's on everybody's mind right now. Is the market going to make new highs or is the market toast. What's obvious also right now and in the forefront, right, it's on the table right now, is everything is hinging on China. Air quotes, and the reason I use the air quotes is because we were in the zone where the market was scheduled for a turn. Whether it was two weeks ago or two weeks from now, we didn't know exactly when it was going to come, but we were on the lookout. We were looking for a high, were we not? Okay, so maybe we have a high, maybe we don't. We have to be somewhat cautious. There are traders, obviously, short against the high for May 1st. That's fine. But what's on the docket going forward? Well, we have a couple of different things going on. Every time the market breathes in one direction or another as it relates to China, the market seems to whip around. That's as a result of an increase in volatility. So when we get an expansion of volatility... The range expands. We get range expansion in the market in stocks in just about everything. So the intraday ranges are wider and therefore we get larger swings in both directions. I remind traders of this that are inside the numbers members each and every morning and we look at what are the important numbers not only for the day but during the day we'll update what are the important numbers. What is the intraday bogey? What is the Intraday pivot. We had that today. It seemed to work out just fine. All of a sudden, mysteriously, at the end of the day, the market drops down to what was the intraday pivot. Important that we close hourly above that and daily above that to keep things going in the northern direction. That's why I say we're at a very, very critical point right here, right now in the market. Well, let me go further and let me explain a couple of other things that are also on the docket. Before I do that, let me pause and thank everybody for participating and posting comments underneath the video every night. I love the interaction and you know I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information back to business what else is on the docket well we have a couple of big ipos on the docket namely uber there's a chance they could scratch uber let me explain how i'm looking at uber And at the point in which I'm making this video, I have no idea whether they did or did not scratch Uber. As far as I know, Uber is still scheduled to be released to the open market on Friday. The IPO is Friday. Now, here's my take on that situation. Let's say Uber gets scratched. I think that impacts the market in a negative way. It's not that the market is hinged on Uber. However, it's viewed as a negative event. It gets thrown into the pot of negative events. What has to happen for them to release Uber? Well, at a bare minimum, they got to keep the market where it is or slightly higher. So maybe the market's slightly higher tomorrow. Maybe it's much higher tomorrow leading into Friday. We don't know that. What we do know is that they can send the market higher, let's say, They get the market over and above the 20 period moving average for argument's sake. Over 291 for right now. And they begin closing hourly. And then all of a sudden the day closes above 291. All of a sudden things aren't so bad. Things don't look so bearish any longer. So I'm watching that 20-period moving average tomorrow. The 20-period moving average doesn't have as much meaning to me as it does because we've been back and forth through it It doesn't have as much meaning as it normally would if we were coming into it, for example, for the first time, right? We don't necessarily love sloppy seconds, nor do we love third, fourth, or fifth. Nevertheless, I think the 20-period moving average does hold some weight. Why? Also, it's above the high from yesterday. So there's a couple of reasons why I'm interested in that 291 price tag. But let's talk about a couple of other things that are going on. If we're going to talk about Uber, why don't we talk about Lyft? So Lyft doesn't look so good. It's not necessarily getting a Lyft. So this is telling me something different. This is telling me that Uber's going to be a scratch. And this got hammered, I believe, into the end of the day. Wasn't really watching it closely all day. Yeah, this got hammered into the end of the day. That's indicative of the stock trying to tell us something else is going on. I don't know if I'm right, but if I look at Lyft and I look at the activity that the stock had being down 10% today over 6 bucks at new lows, new closing lows, recent IPO, same industry, really the same company as Uber. It's not the same company, but they're competitor to Uber. I think that's indicative of the market telling us that either A, Uber's not coming right now, not to say it won't come later, but it's not coming right now. Or they're going to have to reprice Uber to really make it look good so that it opens higher and makes all the investors that participated in the IPO feel good about it. So there's my two cents on Uber and Lyft. We have China that's in the news constantly, and that's going to be in the news until they do or do not have a quote-unquote deal they're coming to make a deal whether they leave with a deal is a totally different story the market's waiting on a deal that much we know so while i don't necessarily love to assign news to the market we know that there's a lot of market participants that are waiting on a deal so whether it's a buy the news sell the rumor event whatever it is something's going to be blamed on china no question about it whether it's upside Or downside in the market, it's going to be, in part, due to China. Now, beware of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. What would the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew do in a situation like this? What are some of the possibilities? Well, here's one possibility. All of a sudden, there's a deal made with China. The market likes it. The market starts going higher. All of a sudden, A, it's either a rumor... Or B, all of a sudden there's no deal with China and the market turns around. So, for example, rumor the market goes up, no deal, the market goes down. Or even the release of an official deal could be a sell the news event. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. What we do know is we know the numbers and that's what's important. For me, right now, one of the most important numbers on the board is 287.75. And look at that, they adjusted the official close, 287.53, now showing on the board. Current market, as I make this video, trading above 288. So that's going to be my bogey going forward. Hourly and daily closes above or below 287.75, I believe to be extremely important. That's what I'm going with going forward. On the south side... The support levels we discussed, the support levels that are still on the board, the green trend lines still hold true on a very short term basis or even potentially several days that should be supportive of the market if we get there within the next few days. If things extend beyond the next few days, those numbers may change depending on what the market does over the next few days. We'll play it one day at a time, one candlestick at a time, like we always do. Yesterday, we looked at the hourly chart. One thing we pointed out was this drop and a rally, a gap down or another drop, a rally, another drop. And we talked about a potential rally and we started to get a rally. Is the rally over or is there more upside potential on the board before another drop if we're going to have another drop? Again... Until it's not, March 1st is the high. Also keep in mind, large swings in both directions. That will continue, so you will get short covering rallies that'll rip the S&P up 20-30 handles in a matter of minutes or more. And you'll also have big drops that are equally large or larger that happen in a matter of minutes or faster. It pays to know the numbers. And when I say it pays to know the numbers, here's what I mean. So let's go down to a shorter time frame. We'll use a five-minute chart just for fun. So the low of the day comes in in the 940 candle, 935 to 940 candle on the five-minute chart. The low is 286.87. Inside the numbers members had the numbers long before the market opened and the nearest number to the low of the day was right there at 286.80. That was noted as the support level early in the morning, as well as the corresponding price level in the S&P E-mini futures contract 2872 was the number that's on the board. And by the way, before I get a series of emails, there was a minor adjustment made to the SPY numbers in the afternoon. I made a minor adjustment to the formula and therefore the numbers did move by a few pennies, but doesn't change the concept or the support or important level numbers or the importance of these price tags. Getting back in our lane and then also looking at Camp IWM, what do we have? We have a market that is, again, underperforming, not by a whole lot, right? We had a big day yesterday. All the markets were down large yesterday, so they were down a touch today at the end of the day, even though they tried to rally the majority of the afternoon. They gave it up at the end of the day. Well, the IWM was certainly underperforming for the most part all day long. Is it a sign? Is it failing? Now we're again below the 20-period moving average after riding up the 20-period moving average for the last few weeks. So we'll see if we have to come in and below... The next set of moving averages, that's going to be a very negative. If we close below those moving averages, look out below. Other markets will be falling. The IWM, as long as it continues on the south side, is a good indicator of what's to come. It is, as you know, my favorite market-leading indicator. Now, bigger picture, is there anything technically wrong with the long-term picture on the daily chart? Meaning outside of the last few days, but just taking into an account the last few months. No, the trend is still up if you're looking at it from the perspective of the last few months. However, is the short term trend down? Yes. Is it going to get farther or way out of whack and turn the larger term trend down? That's the question at hand. That's what we're trying to uncover. Right here, right now. As far as we're concerned, May 1 high in the SPY is the high until that is closed above on the daily chart. And guess what? The high on the IWM chart happens to be from the 6th of May, that high is 161.11. So if we had some kind of magical turnaround and began again above that high, then you know what's happening or about to happen in the other markets. These markets are not going to diverge by very much for very long. The IWM, the Q's, the Spider, the S&P, the Dow, all the markets across the board are really going to trade in tandem. They're going to trade together for the most part. Not every day, all day, but if we're going to trend, they're going to be trending together. That's not rocket science, and I'm not trying to be Captain Obvious. I'm just saying. Here's another thing I'm saying. This hourly chart doesn't look so hot. Unless this gets going, you're going to start discussing, or I'm going to start discussing, a symmetrical move in the IWM on this hourly chart, or more, any trader that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader fully understands symmetrical move, how we measure them, and where we can identify the end of a move, which could be used for exiting a short position in a case like this. It could be used to enter a long position if that's the setup du jour. The situation will dictate how we use the tools in our toolbox what's doing down at the transportation department well this one's kinda easy you see yesterday's low you see where these moving averages are I'm in the common sense camp and common sense would tell me if you start closing daily below that stuff look out below but if you stay above that stuff then it's okay it's not really in a much bearish position That's your bogey. Yesterday's low, those moving averages, getting even hourly below that stuff is not good for the transports and you're likely seeing the other markets follow suit. How about the Qs? This is it for the Qs. This is an important price level right here. You can see where the Qs spent a lot of time bantering back and forth, kind of creeping higher, and then they finally broke out. What did we do? We came back to test that same area and it has to hold. If it holds, this could be a reset and we can have some higher prices coming in the queues. Higher prices from out in Silicon Valley. What if it doesn't hold? If it doesn't hold, you have some business on the downside where you have some gaps that will get filled. It's just a matter of which one and when or how many. Will we go to the gap window? Will we fill the first gap? Will we come up short, fill the second gap? Those gaps We'll get filled eventually. It's a matter of, are we breaking now, or is there one more rally and then a break? And that's the way I see it. Until and unless we close above these highs, that's the schematic. Financial district, they're holding on. It's really the same story. We're into that last breakout area, or the area we broke out from. It's got to hold. If it doesn't hold, they open up the trapdoor a little bit. And they have to come into those moving averages, fill the gap. That's just the way it works. Doesn't happen all in one shot. Doesn't happen all in five minutes. But if you've been here for any length of time whatsoever, you've seen this stuff over and over and over again. That's why I call it common sense market analysis. We look at the charts, what the chart looks like, and we see the same thing happen over and over and over again, doesn't matter whether we're looking at a daily chart, an hourly chart, a 10-minute chart, makes no difference. The same stuff happens on all charts all the time. And that's what I teach in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. How to identify all this stuff and how to use it to your advantage. All right, sorry, I got carried away back in the lane. Net-net. Financials are holding on. Can they pop back above the 20-period moving average? We'll see. They're teetering. I think a lot of the markets are teetering. And remember, when they're teetering, it's not necessarily always so hard to kill a bull. That's not my term. That's an old Wall Street term that's been around a long, long time. So you just have to keep it in the back of your mind that you do get these quick, hot, short-covering rallies, also known as... The rip-your-face-off rally doesn't always mean the market's repaired, but those will happen in a bear market frequently. I'm not saying we're in a bear market just yet. I'm just saying. The SMH, add this one to the teetering bucket. Where are we teetering? Well, you can see right here. The market spent some time bantering back and forth. We broke out. How many times have I done this? It happens all the time. We came back to test the breakout area If it holds, we can go this way. If it breaks, we have to fill the gap at least here, and that's a 50-period moving average just above that. There's another gap down here. There's a gap here. So it all depends. And then, by the way, look at these moving averages. There's a big pivot down here. I mean, this is big stuff. We talked about a 100 the other day. I'm not saying tomorrow or in the next day or two. I'm just saying if the market's declining and you're looking at a specific market such as the SMH, you need to know the numbers. You always need to know your numbers. doesn't matter whether we're in business selling widgets or we're talking about the market or we're in math class. Whatever it is, we always have to know our numbers. Isn't math essentially the foundation for everything And I'm not asking because I want a yes or no answer. The answer is, yes, it is. And therefore, why wouldn't it be the foundation for the market? It would, and it is. What's going on in the bond market these days? I think it's worth a look. So the daily chart, as you can see, is above all the moving averages, but we can see a couple of things. My eye is immediately drawn to a high and a potential lower high is that happening and are we going lower in the bond market and we're looking at the chart of tlt this represents essentially what's called the long bond so in here is 20 to 30 year treasury bonds this is the price of bonds and yields would be the opposite direction. So if you flip this chart 180 degrees upside down, that would be the yield chart of the long bond or the long-term yield, essentially the 30-year treasury yield. So that's item number one on the TLT, but item number two is we're above all the moving averages. So is it bullish or are we making a lower high? Well, it's not definitive, and I can make a case both ways. So when we can do that, A, we do nothing on the first hand, and on the second hand, we can look farther and see what we have on more charts. Here, we go to the weekly chart, And I see something a little bit different. I see more of a bullish picture than I see a potential for a lower high. So on the weekly chart, to me, I can simply make a case that this is stair-stepping its way higher and being above all these moving averages is trying to work its way higher yet again, trying to break out to higher prices. If that's the case in TLT, meaning the price of bonds is going higher, what would that mean for the price of yield? Let's find out. Here's the 30 year yield. So what does this chart look like? This is a weekly chart and you can see we're the opposite direction. We're below all the moving averages or at least threatening to be below all the moving averages, not quite below the 200 period moving average on the weekly just yet. But if in fact this is a bearish chart and yields are going lower and the price of bonds are going higher, a Two things are going on. What happened to all the people saying that yields are going to skyrocket? I think they will and are longer term. But right here in front of us on a short term basis, it looks like yields are going lower. What generally happens when yields are going lower? They're going lower for a reason. Why are they going lower? Are they going lower because money is coming out of the stock market running into the bond market? That's in theory where money runs, nobody knows. But that's the type of thing that you hear on television when you see the price of yield falling or the actual yield falling, the price of the bond rising. You typically see the stock market declining simultaneously if that's going on in a significant extreme way. If we're seeing significantly lower yields in the short term, my guess is it's coming along with lower stock prices. As long as the TLT stays weekly above 122, I'm okay with a long position in TLT. Closing weekly below 122, and I might not be right right away, number one, or I might be flat out wrong number two. So I wouldn't want to be around with weekly closes below 122. That's my take in the TLT at present. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap here tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.